welcome to the Mando Fan Show. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this Black Friday post Thanksgiving, uh, full of food, full of good times, full of Mandalorian. Uh, we're going to talk about Chapter 13, The Jedi uh, of the Mandalorian. Obviously, a lot to get into here. James and Lacey with me, as always. Uh, and our guest is an artist for visual effects. Uh, he worked on Mandalorian Season 1 and The Rise of Skywalker. He actually has been on the Resistance broadcast, but now he's making his debut on the Mando Fan Show. Welcome back, our buddy, Yoshi Vu. What's going on, Yoshi? Yay! How much, <laughs> hey. you guys doing? Thanks for uh, having me back on a different show. <laughs> it's good to have you back. And love the uh, Make Solo 2 Happen shirt, man. Thanks for picking one of those up. Represent. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, before we get into everything here, first, we want to thank everyone who's joining us. Obviously, there's a lot of people talking about what happened with this episode. Uh, it's uh, certainly sparked a lot of conversation. So we're glad that you're here hanging out with us in the base on the Mando Fan Show. Uh, if you don't mind taking a moment to hitting like on the video for us, uh, if you want to uh, make sure you're subscribed to the channel too, we appreciate that. And of course, hopefully you're in the live chat, getting in the mix with everybody, and uh, we're going to be featuring uh, your comments, especially if you uh, submit a super chat, you'll vault right up to the top and get yourself on the show. Uh, we appreciate that support too. And uh, just more than anything, welcome to everybody. So uh, we'll get into everything now, as you probably know by now. Uh, you're gonna have to wait a little while for the Mando code number, so hang tight on that. But you know all about the Pedro Pascal face scale, so we're gonna get into rating the episode, uh, giving our numbers and our averages, and seeing where we're at with that. So, you guys ready to go? Mm -hmm. Yep, okay. Uh, I'm gonna kick this one off. I gave this episode an 8.5 on the Pedro Pascal face scale. Uh, but it's a weird 8.5 for me because I don't, if I had to guess, I would say I was on the lower tier of how people felt about this episode, but it has a high score because of its peaks uh, and it has a lot of big peaks for me and people are going to be surprised what those peaks were actually. Um, so I'll leave it there at that. Uh, James, what did you give this one? Um, look, here's what I have to do. I have to give the episode one a nine. I can't do it. I have to bump that one up to nine. I've thought about it a lot. It sat with me. It is my favorite episode of the series. It deserves to be a nine, which then makes this one an 8.5. So I'm with you, John. Episode? It's an 8.5. The first one. one of this episode, season. Uh, of this season. Yes. Sorry. That Cop is. Vamp. Yes. That okay. that episode to me was it could not. You know, it was just absolutely great. Um, okay. And it's it's been holding me back because I gave it an 8.5. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, is like it needs to be a nine. This needs to be the eight point five because this okay. is not the same as that. And yeah, I just had to do it. But eight point five, um, absolutely great episode. And I think you nailed it, John. There's some sluggish parts in it, but the 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 high points are high, and that just like pushes the average up for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, Yoshi, what'd you give this one? Zero to ten uh, on your rating. Um. I gave it a nine. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I agree with all your points, actually. It almost made me want to rethink everything. But the way I saw it, in terms of a, a show, I think that's as, I mean, you couldn't ask for much more uh, out of an episode. It almost felt like like a like a movie edited down for TV and time. You know, like, oh, we're leaving out some stuff for pacing. But this is, this is basically an almost self-contained little story here. Yeah. That has a 
you know, new characters, some twists and turns. Nice. So uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's a great score. I mean, we're all in the ballpark here. Uh, Lacey, round us out here. What did you give Chapter Thirteen? So the interesting thing going into this episode, you know, we all figured Ahsoka was showing up because of Filoni and just where it is in the story that it makes sense, which, mm -hmm. by the way, I find hilarious that everyone was like, guys, Ahsoka's showing up like it was some like big spoiler. I was like, they said it two episodes ago. Um, but yeah. I gave this a 9.5. I think Ooh. it's my favorite episode ever of The Mandalorian. I absolutely adored it. Wow. I thought everything was perfect about it. The only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is because we still have three episodes to go. So it's hard to give it a perfect score when I haven't seen what comes after this. But And more seasons. So who knows? Yeah. But it's it's kind of funny to me that I gave it a 9.5 because I figured James, because Ahsoka was involved in all the other stuff that we're going to get into, that he would be like mm -hmm. over the top, like higher than me. But um, yeah, I thought this episode was perfect. I loved it. I've watched Excellent. it four times. Nice. Yeah, That's I watched cool. it only twice, but uh, the second mm -hmm. time I liked it better. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so that between the four of us, that averages us out to an 8.9. Uh, so we are up there. There's Pedro's nope. face right nope. there. That's us. Spoiler. There we go. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. uh, that's us right there. So 8.9 uh, for us on the Pedro Pascal face scale. But now we're going to go to our patrons. James, you might as well toss it up there now. Um, Boom! <laughs> they gave it a 9.3. Mm -hmm. That might be the highest score. Uh, we, ha we have to look back on our... We have an archivist now for... Uh, our no, I'm kidding. We don't. Uh, we'll have to look back at the old show notes and see what they gave it, but that's a really it high score. It is the highest score. I don't ever? think we've ever gotten... Like this season, at least. Yeah, I was going to say last I season, maybe, but yeah, this season for sure. Last season, there was a lot of like, uh, 12? <laughs> well, I, I got rid of it. We cap it at 10. That's it. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. say 25, you can say 50, it's a 10. Um, <laughs> so we're going to go to a comment from uh, one of our patrons, uh, Commander Catherine Cartwright. Uh, she said, 9.0 for me. I really loved it. Uh, except the low lighting that made the lightsaber show up so well made everything kind of murky and hard to see. I'm still processing the Grogu backstory and Ahsoka's reason for not training him, uh, considering the attitude by the Jedi Council uh, becoming a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, and she should know that. So, But 9.0 right there, and that's right kind of on par with where we're mm -hmm. at and where the patrons are. So thanks to our uh, resistance officers for submitting your scores. And thanks to uh, Catherine for that comment. That's great. So we have our first super chat from Lando C. Uh, what is going on? Um, he said, I just wanted to say good evening and I'm thankful for you. Well, well thankful for you, Lando C. Thanks, yes. man. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and keep posting your pictures of your meals in the uh, Discord. You make me hungry almost every day. Uh, Darth Wint coming in here with greetings all. What a chapter. 9.5 Pedro's the best so far. Rosario Dawson nailed Ahsoka uh, from the looks, mannerism, and voice. Thrawn. And Child Grogu named Ahsoka and Yoda themes. Yeah, a lot in there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And thanks for Darthwin's always commenting on our show. So appreciate you dropping the comments in. Mm -hmm. um, okay, now uh, we will move on to our Easter eggs section and references. Uh, you know, context is not really important here. Uh, we'll just go around taking turns naming things that we saw that were either Easter eggs or inside Star Wars or other pop culture references that may have been tie-ins. Like, for example, the Bryce Dallas Howard Apollo 13 reference from a few episodes ago as a tribute to her dad, that sort of stuff. Uh, and we'll uh, see what we come up with here. So uh, the, the randomizer selects you, James, to go first. What is an Easter egg that you saw or a reference from this episode? 
Um, actually, this one I felt like was probably one of the lightest we've had so far. Um, but I'll, I'll get one out of the way because I feel like I just got so sick of seeing people post about Morai, the the owl up in the tree. Who? We saw it. We all saw it. <laughs> I felt like it was like, hey, I blew up the picture. Hey, I lightened the picture. Hey, do you think this is? Hey, this showed up. I was like, we all saw it. It's the owl. It's up there. It's in the tree. Who? What? What do you mean? Who? He's owl making here. an owl joke. <laughs> oh, kidding. all right. Yeah. Um... <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, do I, don't, it, I don't know. Do I, you think it, do you think it was more eye or do you think it was just an owl? Uh, I, th- I think it, it, it was uh, it, it was a reference or it, I, I don't know if it was exactly it, but there's there's no reason there's an owl in that shot other than to be like there's there's supposed to be an owl here. <laughs> and he makes it turn. Its Absolutely head intentional. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. OK, um, Yoshi, any Easter eggs or anything like that that you uh, pointed on your watch? Um, I could be a little wrong on this because I had to watch it not too long ago. And a little uh, <laughs> issue, but anyways, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it, the, there was uh, the HK droids were from Knights of the Old Republic, right? Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I don't know. If I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. That. Yeah, that's a good. The famous I mean, one is one. HK forty-seven. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and then, what is it here? HK seventy-four or something like that. I, I don't Eighty-seven. Know. Yeah. So I, I thought it, it it struck a memory. Like okay, there's there's something there. I could be crazy, but. That's something, and um, that's, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that one. And Rick, uh, Rick Villanueva commented, "Favorite Easter egg: the HK eighty-seven droid." So he he's right on par with you there. No, so, no, Thrawn no. Seventh Fleet Thrawn's Insignia. Seventh Fleet Insignia. Oh, Insignia on the, on the HK eighty-seven droids. Yes. Okay. Um, good spot, Rick. Good spot. I would never spot anything like that. So it's I love that we do this. Um, all right, Lacey, what do you got? What do you got for an Easter egg or a reference? What's going on? So I kind of go back to what I said at the beginning of the episode, like this episode of the Mandalorian made me question everything I like about Star Wars because everything I liked about this episode, I wouldn't normally say. Mm. Um, so my favorite reference or Easter egg was definitely the Ahsoka comment about Anakin. I thought that it was heartbreaking. It was perfect. She said it perfectly about how she's seen, you know, a fully trained Jedi Knight go the wrong way. The best of us. I was like, oh, God, it hurts. Mm. But it was yeah. it was just so perfect. I thought that was my favorite uh, kind of reference. Yeah. And almost like you feel like she couldn't even bring herself to say his name. She just kind of like alluded yeah. to it and moved on. Yeah. The it's pain is still well clearly played. there. Yeah. 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 Well written by uh, Dave Filoni. But yeah, by the way, he wrote and directed the episode. I usually say that at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, all right. One I'll throw out there. Um, uh, Ludwig uh Gorenson tossing weaving in yoda's theme when they're when she's talking about yoda uh i thought that was nicely done uh easily recognizable but not slap you in the face uh mm-hmm. he he blended it in nicely and then faded and drifted back out of it um I, this guy keeps impressing me and i'll get into more about my thoughts on what he did on this episode later but uh i think sneaking in yoda's theme which is always uh I don't, I don't want to say fan servicey, but it makes you feel good. Like I remember in the Rise of Skywalker when it hit, when Luke was doing his thing with the X-wing, it made me feel good. Uh, so something about Yoda's theme always makes me feel good. Um, James, do you have any others? Any uh, Easter eggs, references, anything else you want to toss in? It's not a, like we said; it's not a really heavy episode for this, but 
Maybe yeah, it's not. Um, since you said that one, I'll go ahead and say like I I knew like you see Ahsoka, but I did not expect to hear that theme of hers, like the way oh, it was yeah, blended yeah, in. Because yeah. every time it hit, it immediately pulled me back to these mo- more recent Clone Wars episodes, um, and how like heavy the stuff that she was going through then, and then now it feels like even though like kind of Rebels falls in between this. Um, it feels like this is kind of now where she's come since we last saw her, like, in, you know, what was that? Like spring <laughs> in the springtime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, every time that song hit, I was sitting here and I was thinking, man, this hits so hard for me. And I'm trying to like understand and watch this episode from, um, an understanding of people that don't know who this character is or don't have that. Mm. And that, that theme means nothing to them, but it's so referential of so many other star Wars properties and, and uh, adventures we've all had watching them. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it hit, I was like, this is, this is good. I like this. Yeah. Um, good pick. Uh, Yoshi, anything else? Um, unless, you guys already mentioned it and i missed it didn't she uh ahsoka mention uh typhon yeah uh, supposed to be the planet supposedly the first mm-hmm. jedi yeah. temple is so, like that. um yeah she mentions that where yeah we haven't mentioned it yet so yeah uh she has to send him on his way to go have him choose his path uh yeah so another jedi temple uh or planet with a jedi temple on it interesting interesting to see what's going to come of that that planet showed up in the Afra series too. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, her it, and Vader were both on um, that planet uh, at one point. Um, I okay. believe for the first runs finale. I could be wrong on that though. Oh, cool. But yeah. Uh, so if you want to look up what it looks like, you can go see pictures of it in the comics and then hopefully soon and maybe the next couple episodes, we'll see it in live action. Yeah, kind of cool. True. Uh, Lacey, what else you got? Um, I really liked all the loth cats that were running around in the city. Oh, yeah. It was one of those things that I was like, of course, Dave Filoni's like throwing in all the loth cats in the city just <laughs> running around. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, Again, like- this episode surprised me. All the things that I wouldn't <laughs> normally be like, yes, I love that. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, one of my last ones here, because like I said, I mean, there's others I can I can go for, but uh the the kurosawa architecture uh is just loaded in this film especially at that compound um it just uh the the japanese design and all that and uh, the structures of the buildings and stuff uh look like they were pulled right out of those films and i know this was a heavy influence on favreau and uh you know filoni's well aware of george lucas's inspirations so it's just seeped in that from a setting perspective and i'm curious to see you know what they did with the the volume and uh the backdrops and stuff like that because they don't do a ton of set building um i thought this uh, episode was very princess mononoke from studio ghibli like it's literally the same exact story with the same i don't even know what that i don't even know what that is and it's a great movie you should watch it and it's very Dave Filoni's openly said that he really enjoys it. And like, he's worn shirts with the mask from princess Mononoke on it. So like, it doesn't surprise me that he's kind of pulling themes from those and uh, Mm. the way that, you know, she's coming into the city and she's fighting people and she's very guarded at the beginning. And then she opens up and that type of thing. Um, 
I got definitely those vibes from it. And then right. just like uh, the scene at the end where they're fighting looks very Kill Billish. I know a couple people have said that, but like I thought that too, like with the two women fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, you, right. you say you say Princess Mononoke, but I think in general, like Filoni has always kind of been that like anime style fan. He loves so his, anime, yeah. The whole direction of this episode felt um, even more so than that. Just that one property, like lots of other bits and pieces from a collective of yeah. anime Attack culture. on Titan, too. Yeah. I got that from it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have any others. Uh, anyone else have any others? James, do you have any others? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, one I thought you might point out is the Michael Bean is kind of using like a space shotgun looking thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I talked to, yeah, I talked yeah. to some people about that before and, and yeah, I, I kind of thought about that a little bit, but yeah. Um, Michael Bean, was, the, the only was, other thing I thought of was a reference to Yoda, um, or I'm sorry, Obi-Wan where she's describing the force to him for the first time in a way she uses yeah. Obi-Wan's exact words. Yeah, and Luke yeah. says that too in The Last Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. And anything else? I feel like me and Yoshi are tapped out. Uh, <laughs> Lacey, you got anything else? <laughs> um, I mean, the only other stuff that I really noticed was the music. I think was a very big highlight for me in this episode, especially because, like you said, he weaved in a lot of themes throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, and then the only other big reference that we haven't talked about is Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Her asking about yeah. Thrawn at the end that I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. so we're going there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, the celebration at the end was very Star Wars-y. I just, everything was great. I loved this episode so much. Nice. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it uh, in just a moment. The other thing, uh, I just remembered Mando saying laser sword. I got a kick out of that. He did say laser uh, sword. Yeah. Yeah um oh we have a super chat from freezy 2324 uh is ahsoka referring to luke or ezra as the jedi that will reach out to grogu well we'll get to that uh at the end i think we'll we'll give our guesses on who we think uh, i think that's that the big be. question though that everybody's asking yeah. is like who is the person yeah i just figured we'll tackle it towards the end when we're speculating on the next week's episode so you have to keep watching see how we do that now you have to stick around <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh lando c pops in with yeah kurosawa was heavy and i do know there is heavy influence on the japanese manga lone wolf and cub yeah yeah so, absolutely yeah um okay now uh we'll get into the mando code for the week uh as you know by now if you're watching the mando code is back our season-long giveaway contest uh we've been revealing a new number each episode including and we'll be doing so including our season finale recap show and on that final show we'll reveal how you can submit your guesses to win the mando code bounty and the grand prize is a limited edition mandalorian box thanks to our friends at jewelrybrands.shop which includes werner herzog's empire medallion necklace the mandalorian skull necklace given to grogu i gotta really get used to saying that uh and a brick of this guy how about that uh be sure to follow (laughs) jewelry brands on twitter at jewelry underscore brands and go to their online store and if you want to save money get 10 percent off by using trb at your uh checkout uh and they have a lot of great like stuff like star wars and marvel all down the line so we appreciate them donating that also in the uh bounty is a supersized funko of the child aka grogu and a Mando Fan Show Season 2 shirt, which I actually have underneath, a little Superman style. 
uh, right now. Um, but yeah, so I hope you have the first four numbers of the Mando Code. Uh, if not, go back and watch or listen to the previous episodes uh, because the fifth number in the Mando Code is six. So jot that down in your phone, tattoo it on your forehead, whatever you got to do to remember that because <laughs> we're getting down to the home stretch here. Um, all right, so now let's just get into talking about this episode. We like to warm up the tires here by uh, pointing out our favorite moment or shot from the episode. So, um, Yoshi, did you have a, a, a shot or a moment, especially coming from your line of work, that you saw and you're like, that's beautiful, right? That's a standout moment in this episode. Um, Ahsoka at the gates. I mean... That's that's mine, you know, looking up. Like, yeah, against all odds, but the odds are against you. <laughs> you just don't know it. That kind of, you know, like you have no idea that the danger's on the other side. I loved the look she gave that was, like, like literally taken out of that. the animation where she kind of looks at the guy and she's like, hmm, are you going to, you're really going to fight me with nothing? Like that look. I was like, that is an exact shot from the animation. It was really cool. <laughs> that is a good shot. It's like it's like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, you have no just, idea. Mm, are you sure? Mm. <laughs> just yeah, just it's like. Uh, you ever see? You ever see Austin Powers Gold Member when Michael Caine is like, "You're just a henchman. You don't even have a name tag. Just fall down on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> you have no shot." <laughs> um, no, that's a great shot. Uh, Lacey, did you have a favorite moment or shot from this one? Yeah, my favorite shot is probably the one of the popular ones everybody's going to say, but uh, it's the shot where she drops down be- behind the two guards and pulls the lightsabers out as one. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way it lights her face is like per- like one of the most beautiful shots, hands down. I'm going to use that. Hands down, one of the most beautiful shots in the series. It was just like so perfect. The makeup looked amazing with the, I know people kind of had a feeling about the dim lighting. I loved it. I thought it gave it kind of like a horror suspense thriller vibe to it. And I loved how they weaved her in and out of the fog, but that's separate. But yeah, the shot where she has the two lightsabers was just so, so cool. Which I don't know if you know or not is pulled from the animation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs a ring light? Just get two white lightsabers and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. Um, Visually. (laughs) and nod to Vader's scene at the end of Rogue One. Like, mm-hmm. it's like it's like the opposite. It's just crazy. You can't see yeah. much this red lightsaber going around. So this is yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. the way around. It's dark with the white. I, I, I kind of like, like yeah. It was yeah. just so cool to see her mowing people down. It I was so fun to watch. <laughs> if, if you have lightsabers and you're, you know how to handle one, like you can't not be dramatic about it when you like those things. You know? Just like... Just gotta be like it was like, it was so cool. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, all right. Uh my favorite shot or moment, uh James, I'm letting you go last because uh we had your reaction uh, earlier today. And if people saw that mm-hmm. video, you were going ham. Um mine is actually at the end of the episode, uh, when Din wakes up Grogu and he says, Wake up, buddy, time to say goodbye. And that, first of all, that hit me in the chest like a bowling ball. Like that was, that's any, any father son stuff in star Wars gets me going, gets me a little emotional, um, him getting ready to say goodbye. And then they pan from the view of the outside of the, or the ramp to them. And it almost mirrors when they first meet and they touch fingers, uh, Mando's on the right, 
the child is on the left. He's looking down at him and he's, he's holding him. And it's, it's the same type of shot, but instead of them touching fingers, he's holding him and it's showing that they're closer now. And something about that uh, shot just really stood out to me. I really like that one a lot. Um, all right, James, go ahead. Well, so every time you do you we do this section, I always think of it as my favorite shot, like my my cinematography sure. favorite shot kind of thing. You can because yeah. I, I have a different favorite moment. Um, but the thing is, is that we've already kind of talked about my favorite shot, which was her up on the bell tower fighting off those guards and cutting through the bell and the bell falls down and they did the awesome. in on her and everything. Yeah. That was my favorite shot of the episode, but we kind of already touched on it. So my favorite moment is when they revealed baby Yoda's name. Um, because I think there were times in the episode where it's like, Oh, this magistrate has some information. Yoda's look, or uh, I'm sorry, Ahsoka's looking for it. Uh, there, there's, it, it might lead to something. I wonder what the, whatever. But the, the, the name thing was like dropped out of nowhere. I just, I, there was nothing leading up to she's about to give us something special or, or say something that we've been wondering for a very long time. And she just mentioned it. And I felt the way that it was handled was, um, just perfect because the the way she says it is like a yeah you you don't already know that i i just say it like it was like i'm referring to this person and the mandalorian reacted the same way that i think worldwide watching this episode we all were like oh that's that's the name It, it it just the the moment just happened so much um so quickly, I think like all of a sudden there wasn't a build up to it. It's just when you yep. look back, you're, you're going to remember that that is the moment I, I found out, you know, I just liked so how I, they talked to each it. other and it cut to Mando kind of watching and she'd look over at him and then he'd like yeah. look away like I'm not paying attention. I don't care. Whatever. Like <laughs> <Yeah. super> casual. <laughs> this whole yeah. episode yes. was him being like, I don't care at all. Hey, I'm going to hold your hand, but I don't care about it. It's like not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a good moment without a doubt. Uh, Nicholas Grobart, uh, believe, sorry, Nicholas, if I got that wrong. Uh, will there be a show with Ahsoka and Sabine? Um, I think I would say yes. That's my guess. What do you I think, think that they're kind of heading it in that direction. I mean, that ending shot where she's walking away, you're like, okay, but where's she going? Can we go with her? Like, that's yeah. what that mm-hmm. shot was. Yeah. Uh, um, no. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know that I think that. Interesting. Um, Four hundred two fat best shot is sweet baby Grogu sleeping in the Razor Crest. I'm telling you, when that when that kid sleeps, it melts the heart. He's, at, he's all <laughs> peaceful and calm in his little bunk. So Dave gave us a super chat. Thank you, Dave, so much. But you didn't write what you wanted to say. So if you just pop in the comments what you wanted to what, say, or what do we think? Oh, here we go. The fourth. What do we think Dave would say? I think this he would say. Coming in late, well, it's right there. Easter egg, oh. <laughs> the hunter droid says Bo Shida when hunting Ahsoka through the city. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, wait, Bo Shida is a, is that Hatties? Yeah, so that, okay, so Dave might be able to uh, elaborate on this a little bit, but I, I heard them say that and I'm like, I know that. And I didn't know where I knew it. And then I thought maybe it was an Ewok thing. Hmm. Am I crazy? I don't know, oh, but I, I was like, I, 
I didn't know it enough to consider it an Easter egg, but I heard it and I said, I, I recognize that much like when the droid popped out in like the first episode and it was like, or whatever it was, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, I know what that is. I don't know what he's saying, but I, I know that. Uh, so four two fifth saying it's Hatties for BS. <laughs> so there you go. So we know now. <laughs> now we know. Uh, Josh Cowum, there's three more episodes. Ahsoka arc isn't finished yet. She could end up on the Jedi planet to save Mando and Grogu from Moff Gideon. It's possible. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he right, got so that let- staff, though, to fight Moff Gideon, which we're going to get into. But Ooh. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of Beskar going around these days. Right? Um, it's supposed to be so rare, and everybody's got some. Mando's just picking up Beskar everywhere. <laughs> um, all right, so why don't we start off? Yes, right yeah kryptonite is so hard to find it's it's in it's in galaxies uh further away than star wars and uh, everyone and lex luther's tripping over it in museums you're mm. absolutely right yoshi um all right so yoshi why don't we start with you on this what did you think of uh live action ahsoka do you think they pulled it off how do you think rosario dawson did all that that's that's a tough one because it's one of those things where i, I know it's you know the fans kind of willed it but at the same time, it's such a recognizable actress, uh, you know, a recognizable um, face and voice and everything that when you when I look, I see, oh, that's that's Rosario Dawson, you know, and it's not that it's not awesome, but it's like when you finally see that, what is it, that fan film of uh, uh, I, Nathan Fillion? Now, the actor, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, as in that, you know, that little short film, and I'm like, yeah, finally, but you know, it's kind of like. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's just Nathan Fillion now, you know. And I'm hoping that maybe it, it'll become something like, um, you know, even McGregor. When I first saw him, I'm like, that's not Obi Wan. Yeah, that's McGregor. all you think. Now, of, yeah, that's Obi Wan. You know, or, or yeah, like a lot of Marvel, you know, characters too. The actors that play them. It used to be Robert Downey Jr. or you know Chris Hemsworth or whatever. But now you're like, oh, that's, that's, that's a good point. It, But it took many movies. You know? That's a good so, point. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that I fall into that, but that might just be a me thing. Because right now I'm like, oh, that's Rosario it, you Dawson know what, though? as Ahsoka. Not- okay. It's not just you because, and I know he meant it from a good place, but like Kevin Smith was like, I loved seeing Becky in uh, The Mandalorian. <laughs> and he's talking about her character from Clerks too, but he's just giving a nod to his friend Rosario for being in the show. Um, I, I agree with that. I think it's going to take a while to to have her get lost in the character. So that's, that's, a, fair, that's a fair point. I... I think she did a, a good job. I, you know, I don't go in with expectations on this stuff. Um, I've never been the hugest Ahsoka fan, so maybe that helps me a little bit um, because I don't feel the possessiveness over the character from a fan perspective. But I, I thought she did a great job. I thought her cadence with her dialogue delivery was good. She was a little stoic at times, uh, but maybe that's what happens when you get older. So um, we have to look at it from the prison that she's Ahsoka's in her 40s or whatever now and that sort of thing and I thought the action scenes were done well they didn't look too uh, cheesy or anything of that nature um, so I, and overall I, I I dug it I'm curious to see what James and Lacey think uh, Lacey what, what's your take on Rosario as Ahsoka I thought she was perfect now again I'm not the biggest Ahsoka fan and I'm not the biggest animation fan I watch them I appreciate them but I'm not that big diehard fan for that Mm -hmm. um so i understand people that are protective of that character but i loved rosario dawson as ahsoka i thought she (laughs) honestly made me an ahsoka fan from this show like i just liked everything about her i thought she looked great she acted great i think 
this scene that kind of hooked me from like the first moment was when she's fighting the Mandalorian and he's like, Ahsoka Tano, no, I got sent by Bo-Katan. And she like mm-hmm. freezes and then she's like, oh, I hope you're here for him. And then it pans over to Grogu. Yeah. Like, I thought that was so perfect because she went from being like killer to like the Ahsoka that everybody knows her of being of like, oh, who's that? Like type thing. And I just, I mm-hmm. really love that. Nice. Yeah. James, this is because you're usually um, into the, like the fear of it looking cosplay. So did it, did it pass your critical being that guy test? <laughs> So, so the funny thing is, is you brought up the Rosario Dawson thing, and I, if I see her in something, I know her immediately, obviously, because because just the actress, right? But I actually was having a hard time piecing her out. I, I was I was seeing Ahsoka way more than I was seeing. Oh, cool. Um, the actress, and in a way, I was like, it felt like like if they had a kid, and I was like, I I see it, but I'm not seeing it, you know. Um, so I actually thought they did a really good job at hiding it. Um, at first, the the cosplay thing was kind of weird. I was like, oh, they're doing a good job. Uh, maybe some scenes, not so much. I did notice the second watch through, they do... I, I was paying a little bit more closer to like the Leku and stuff, and I was like, oh, like I think the bottoms of it are, are CG, and they're animating them to move a little bit and stuff. And I was like, I guess that's better than just the head, you know? And it's like <laughs> right. styrofoam, and it's permanent. I was, uh, you know, I'm looking at it closer and I'm like, you know what? It is kind of moving around and stuff. I guess that, I guess that is like pretty well done um, the way they're doing it. The- I'm sure they used the Drax technique on the face stuff, like the tattoo type stuff that they do for the other movies. I'm sure they used mm-hmm. a similar technique because they looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yoshi, what do you, what do you think? Um, Any guesses on how they brought the, that aspect of the character to life? Um. No comment on that one. I do have one critique, though. One critique of Ahsoka. I really don't like her, like, gaucho pants that she's wearing. What's a gaucho pants? Like, they're, like, balloon pants. Oh, MC Hammer? They're very, like, they're very samurai. Like, they look samurai-ish, but I just don't. I'm used to Jedi having, like, the straight pants with the kind of tunic over it and she has like a tight top with like gaucho pants and i really didn't like it and no one else is gonna see that but i did and i was like i hate it (laughs) all right all right that's fair fair i mean Um, i she's no jedi (laughs) she's no jedi (laughs) that's true we do have Um, some super chats okay let's get through them uh we appreciate everyone sending these in thank you so much yes uh sweet star wars delight uh, said just found out today my dad has COVID. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear. Oh no, um, really I've been bad. sick since Wednesday, but this episode and y'all show has helped me feel better during this tough time. Well, thank oh, you, thank very you very much. Thank that you. Means a lot. Um, you all make us yeah. feel better. So I hope you and your family get better soon. Okay. Yeah, I hope your yes. dad feels better. Um, Michael Courtois, uh, did we know lightsabers don't cut through Beskar? I did not. Very cool. How powerful the metal is. Yeah, I don't think we did know that. So I think this is a new um, thing. That- that were they're, they're thrown out there unless i i i feel like it was from legends yeah. it was a legends thing that that is why the mandalorians wore beskar and used utilized beskar is because they were their greatest enemy were the jedi and the lightsabers and they had to adapt to be able to build armor that fought against them 
And this is, well, I think, the first time that that's being recognized in canon. That's what I'm saying in canon. Yes, correct. Yeah. Has, yeah okay. And There's I think there we can say, yeah, yeah. I think they're also setting it up too. Obviously, kind of like what I hinted at earlier is like with that staff they're hinting at. Now he can fight Moff Gideon at an equal level because the lightsaber won't cut through it. The dark saber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Frank Grande. I love how Ahsoka turned and held her lightsaber upside down, and you knew she was getting serious about <laughs> yeah. the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that, Frank. <laughs> yeah. That's it. All right, cool. Good. Um, Yoshi, any takes on Beskar? I thought you, you sound like you were about to dunk in on that. Are you a Legends guy, Yoshi? Uh, I was back in the day, um, yeah. way back when. I'm talking about. Jesus, when I met my friend David, uh, we were like 16, 17, working at a comic book store so that we could buy Star Wars trading cards. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember as clearly, but pretty much I agree with him that I, I, I remember, I don't remember the name Beskar, but I remember the armor from Mandalorians not being able to be cut by lightsabers. That was a very specific thing I remembered about their armor, and that's, that's pretty much it. And he just kind of laid down the law over there, so. Yeah, and I, I love that aspect of it when you think about the history between the Jedi and the Mandalorians, that the Mandalorians would try to science something to stop that if they're going to be clashing as cultures. Because uh, if they didn't, it's really a one-sided fight. I mean, it changes the game. They also, in the Clone Wars, the those episodes that I was talking about with Darth Maul, they put him in that chamber that was that blocked him from being able to use the force. Um, and that was a, a Mandalorian weapon or, or uh, build some, something they built um, invention of some sort. Uh, and it was specifically to go up against the Jedi. So it's like not the first time that you've seen something that the Mandalorians have built that uh, goes beyond the force and lightsabers and other things like that, just yeah. using their own. Yeah. Uh, intuitive nature or whatever now i'm gonna get a little negative here uh, but not in a in a bad way i so i gave this an episode an 8.5 i really liked it for the peaks and for me though the peaks were the the elevation of the relationship between mando and the child grogu um with the training thing they clearly said family over the force like just like Leia talking to Han, but you're his father. Luke's mm-hmm. a Jedi. Well, you're his father. Family is more powerful than the Force in Star Wars uh, in terms of like connecting people, uh, and they showed that there. And then also at the end again with Mando getting more attached to him, and then Mando getting a little choked up when he's talking to him, saying goodbye. That whole thing. I'm sure if he had the mask off, little Mando tears coming down, but he had the mask on so he can stay tough. Fine. The the my the one problem I kind of had is I feel like Ahsoka did not need to be in this episode like at all. Like because I disagree because you needed that. You need her to talk to Grogu. I know, but hear me out. And I get it, you know, she she read off Grogu's Wikipedia page to Dinjarin to let him know who he <laughs> is, but I like he he, t- he talks to the armorer and he's like, I you know, you want me to bring this child to the jedi she's like this is the way she couldn't help him so she's like well, you got to go find other mandalorians he goes and finds other mandalorians bo katan the mandalorian goes 
Oh, well, I can't help you. I'm going to send you to this Jedi. She'll help you. He goes to that Jedi. Ahsoka's like, uh, I'm not going to help you. Now go here. It's just like everyone does. No one wants to actually be the person to, to help him. And I, I feel like Ahsoka's real purpose here, when she's supposed to be the Jedi who's helping the child, is just like deflecting and sending him off to this other place. So what her purpose was got eliminated because she declined the responsibility. I'm not saying it doesn't serve a purpose or it wasn't good. I'm glad, but she really didn't need to be in this story other than to let Mando know more details about who the kid was, which I don't even know if we needed to know that stuff or not, but that that's just me. I think she did say no because of the attachment that was there and obviously was pulling emotions from Anakin from mm -hmm. what we saw. I think there's also a hint at the end of the episode that it wasn't her saying no. It's that Grogu didn't want to leave Mando. She gives Grogu like this look of like, I know, I understand. Don't worry. Like, you're good. And that That's fair. Th she reads his mind and we don't know what they're saying to each other. And then she keeps nodding at him. And say, like every time he makes a noise and does all these things, she kind of nods and's like, I understand. I get it. Yeah. And she That's keeps fair. telling him, I, you know, he's grown an attachment to you. Right, I don't want to break that up. He's grown an attachment. And then she can probably sense that Mando feels the same way. So probably her saying no is her way of also being like, no, because I know this is better for you in the long run. Sure. And, and I agree with that. That's a good point. I, I just, the, the cynic in me, now stepping outside of the galaxy and thinking of it from let's make Star Wars content is they used Mandalorian as a test pilot for Ahsoka Tano. And they're using this as a springboard into her series. I don't think we're seeing her again in the Mandalorian. I think this was kind of a let's see how people react to a live action Ahsoka. And and that was their main reason for putting her in the show. Because I get Bo-Katan being in because she's a Mandalorian. I get bringing other characters in. I don't know that ah Ahsoka Tano needed to be in this show. Uh, especially with how they they used her there, and that you know, again, that's just me. I know other people think she should be in it. I'm not, and I still liked it. So there's a lot of nuance here, but that's just uh, my take. I don't know what Yoshi and James think about it, but that's where I'm at with that. Um. Well, d d I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she mentions in the episode that there aren't very many Jedi out there right now. So if you're looking for a Jedi and you're asking Mandalorians about <laughs> which Jedi. They should you should try to find it. Probably chances are you're probably going to be pointed at that one. Um, so even if they were op the creators were open to it being any Jedi, it still makes the most sense that it would have landed on Ahsoka, and that's also a character that we're just familiar with. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I I, I kind of understand that point. Um, I'm not totally sold that this is like the springboard springboard for the Ahsoka show. I can't talk. Um, yeah, but I did get, yeah, I did get the, uh, yeah, oh, Palpatine's saying it now. <laughs> Ashoka Tano. Um, Palpatine played by Sean Connery saying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I did get the impression that this is the last you see her in the series. Um, I, I don't know, may maybe like in, in subsequent seasons or something, but I really, I, I don't know. I got this, this vibe that, she was there kind of just to make an appearance. Um, I, I, I don't know. I can't really, this episode is the most difficult for me to put into words how I feel about it because it is, well, it's so much like things like I'm like, Oh, that's dreary. That's lame. That I don't really like that. But then it's like 
topped off by so many other like really high points that it's very contrast and there's nothing really like meaty in the middle uh to me it's like yeah we're on this boring planet with smoke and no i mean the atmosphere is that it's sad but it looks the same in every direction i i really did not like the planet at all i didn't like the city i'm like i get it that these people are being tortured and they that whatever and they can't really like escape but Mm -hmm. i'm like who i don't believe this it's so bad and miserable i don't believe people live there (laughs) there there's nothing happy about this real estate probably like 100 yard by 100 yard square that is this planet you know well it looks like they stole it from the guy that they ended up making the mayor guy at the end it looks like they came in they took over they killed a ton of people and when you're in that command it's either you do what they say or you even live in this like square though I mean, I can see the other side of the city through the fog. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess it it sold it for me, at least. I think that they sold it that a ton of people live there. And mm -hmm. let me read uh, Nicholas. Nicholas Grobar is back and he said, I think the sequels should be legends. Well, that's I mean, that's a take. That is a take. Some people don't like the sequels, but uh, oh, they they Uh, just could be uh, one possible story or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Christian Morales said, "Is it me, or did the show basically turn into the Grogu Lorian <laughs> uh, Din's losing the spotlight?" Yeah, I mean that's another concern I have too. Uh, the, the Mandalorian himself getting kind of pushed aside here. Um, Yoshi, I wanted to ask you about the. Uh, oh wait, one more here. Clayton Lancaster, maybe the Jedi who responds to the call of Grogu will be the Jedi who took him from the temple during Order sixty six. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, so Yoshi, the her mention of Thrawn at the end is what made me think this is just a springboard for her to like have her own show. If she didn't say that and to have her own motive, I would have thought maybe she's sticking around to help out. What do you think about that? I don't know, honestly, because you know, I keep thinking about, for example, Maul at the end of uh solo you know it's like okay what's gonna happen I, and i try not to get my hopes up you know and i try not to think about that stuff because if it happens mm-hmm. it's a pleasant surprise and if it doesn't i, I don't get disappointed you know and yeah, that's that's kind sure. of how i try to look at things is um and i know a lot of fans you know sometimes they see things that they didn't want to see and they get un- unhappy and I, I understand that completely but i guess my point of view is i go in to see what happens not what i want to see happen yeah yes you know, so I'm, I'm in the there, same boat Absolutely. So like yeah. I'm not even a trailer guy, that, that kind of thing. Like trailers in the theaters, you'll see me pull my hat down and cover my ears. Like, oh nope, I'm good. <laughs> nice, dude. That's good. I mean, that that's that's certainly a good way to go. Uh even if you do take in the content going in without uh expectations or or needs, uh like like I think you're saying is is the best way. So you're not let down or feel entitled or, or all that. Um uh, Mark at the kind awakens. Uh, I don't say it like Lacey does, unfortunately. <laughs> kind awakens. Uh, I loved that she was in this episode, but Ahsoka's appearance would have meant more if she steered Grogu away from the Jedi. Or was more critical of them given her past. Yeah, I agree with you, Mark. I do. Well, um, actually, I I would I think she did. I don't think she I steered think, him yeah. towards the Jedi at all. Oh well, she's she sending him to that seeing. Like... She's sending him to that seeing stone thing to. Uh, choose his path so that is kind of you know go here to find out where you want to go as opposed to you know uh supporting him hiding his powers 
she was like, let me test his powers and then take him here to see where he you know, wants to go. That seems like you're kind of pushing him literally up the mountain. I mean, I but. think I think Mando said, I want you to train him. I want him to become this Jedi or be able to use the force or whatever. And she said no. And then he said, well, that's not an option. And he goes, she's like, I mean, I guess you can go here and let him choose his own path. But at the yeah, end of I the think day, she's spinning it for him to choose to show Mando that, look, he doesn't want this. So stop pushing him towards this life that he doesn't want. Yeah. And I, I, mm-hmm. I sense the fear in him. The, the, the path of the Jedi is, is not good. It's not going to work out. I'm not steering him in that direction at all. That That's the vibe that I got from it for sure. Interesting. Okay. Um, why don't we get into Dave Filoni's direction? Um, I have this feeling that he watched a lot of Christopher Nolan movies before he directed this episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I got huge Batman Begins vibes from the, the, the lighting tone of it, the haziness, uh, a lot of the, the tense back and forth between let's see what they're doing. And then we'll go to here and see what these two are doing. And they're commenting on that situation. Uh, and, and the way she was attacking like Batman at the beginning too. I just <laughs> felt like he was, it was almost like a, a Christopher Nolan tribute, but I visually great directing. I don't know that Dave Filoni is good at directing actors, delivering dialogue. Uh, I feel like some of it was choppy. Even uh, the good actors involved here, a little wooden. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of George Lucas, to be honest with you, a guy who can tell a hell of a story, does great visual directing, but some of the takes he goes with, or you're a little like, that's, that's how you want Anakin to say you underestimate my power. That's the take you're going with. So I don't know what you guys are at with that, but so visually I thought he was a great, uh, a very good director and storyteller, but uh, with the dialogue and, and working with the actors, I think he needs some work. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yoshi, what do you think about that? I, I kind of agree with your take. And that's why I scored it nine it was like i'm like yeah i see all the pieces are there it's just not all the pieces are quite polished to 100 percent. you know not all, not all the lines are like i agree with you like that was the best take of all those lines like and then there's a few shots where they like when uh when he first meets Ahsoka, and i'm like these are some of the these are some of the shots you chose really? to go with yeah. huh? all right i mean <laughs> okay i mean it, it's serviceable it works it's just not like and it's, I, I was worried because when i saw the first like interaction I was like, oh, this this action sequence, I don't think is the best action sequence I've seen. It's not bad. But then I thankfully they save it later with the later fight, you know, with the uh, the oh, magic yeah. trade. I'm like, okay, that, that looks good. That that's well done. So I it was quick. The first one was quick, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's just move on. So yeah. nitpicking, I guess, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that that's that's legit. Uh Lacey, what what do you think about Filoni's direction in this one? I think he did a great job uh, compared to season one with that Tatooine episode, which felt really clunky and long at moments like the pacing wasn't right. I thought the pacing was much better in uh, this episode. I loved the action sequence in the beginning. Um, I liked how they cut between the perspective of both sides, um, how they switched between um, close ups of her as well as her point of view at one point where they have her running towards the people yeah, and you're like, cool. it's like you're yeah. her. Um, I thought that the actors were pretty good. Um, Michael Bean stood out to me to someone that was like a little on the, the cheesy side with some of his lines that I was like, this line's a little over delivered. 
Um, but I thought Mando was perfect. I thought Rosario Dawson was great. I thought the magistrate person was great, which I, my understanding is that she is a martial artist and she's, she used to stand in for like Buffy and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff. Like she's a pretty well-known uh, person. And I know I've seen her before. I can't place her, but I've definitely seen her. I thought she, she did, did a really familiar, good job. Yeah. I thought she yeah. did a really good job. Um, I thought Somebody, the I old said in our discord that she's Bruce Lee's goddaughter or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The okay. daughter of Daniel, who trained under Bruce Lee and uh, mm. was one of Bruce Lee's first students. And wow. she is the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. That's why her, her full name is Diana Lee. Nestato. She was okay. a stunt coordinator and stunt woman uh, prior to this. She's done a few acting roles, but this is her first like major acting role. Part of this, she did stunt work on like a uh, battle angel Alita. So, mm. She's, I still need to see that. <laughs> like, it's like 53. I, I want 54, to. So. Very. She did an awesome job. Her fight scenes were really, really great. Um, I thought that a standout person for me was the old man in the village city. That was like the old magistrate mayor guy. I thought he was really perfect and he acted everything great without saying anything, which is like such a very particular thing that not mm-hmm. everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved this episode. It's really hard for me to find anything that I didn't like. I really, really liked this episode. Nice. James, um, Filoni directing, how do you do round three? Well, I, I mean, for me, the 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 thing you were talking about with the dialogue was the main point. I I, I didn't notice that. I'm, I don't normally pick up on that stuff anyway, unless it's like really bad. I did notice that Michael Bean's character was a, a little weird, but I took that sort of like, Carl Urban in Ragnarok, where he's kind of this like, I don't want to say like a, a dummy character, but he's kind of just like, you know, I think there was something about the end where he's like, uh, uh, I don't know, debating with him, like whose side, my side, it's not worth. And he's like trying to get out of it, kind of. I mean, he ends up pulling the gun and stuff, but um, I I I've actually thought like a lot of lines were really good and and they used good takes. My favorite actual line, I don't even know if it's a line of dialogue necessarily. I don't even know what he says, but it's right after Grogu takes the the piece and Mandalorian is like excited about it. He's like, "That's my boy!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he gets like really pumped yeah. on it. Um, mm-hmm. I I felt like that particular take, um would almost be hard to to act out and and nail a good one and i think they they just they got it like they got the one that felt like he was still trying to be tough but like he was like mm, yes! yeah you know and yeah. there were a couple yeah a couple different lines that i thought um like oh that that line hit so i imagine that i felt differently about the dialogue that I, a lot of the lines did land for me um in this particular wow. episode All right, that's cool nice that's good though um what so i mean one thing i really did like i feel like i've been commenting on things i didn't like uh and the show is called the mandalorian his showdown or leading up and leading up to his showdown with michael bean's character i liked a lot especially when he kind of mows through stuff and then he turns around and the two notes of the mandalorian theme hit and he's just like it's go time sort of deal Mm -hmm. that amped me up I, I thought that was such a cool moment how they plug that music in there. It's kind of like the old, the old West uh, again, that draw thing. Uh, I, so anything that happened inside those walls, I really liked all the action that happened inside the walls of the <laughs> complex. I loved. 
I uh, going back to that scene of the two of them, I liked that it was in contrast to the other fight, and they yeah. were basing their their next move on the sounds of they're both smart enough to be hearing that and know exactly they can envision it. They know exactly how that fight is going based on the sounds. And when that final uh, clang hits and they, and Michael Bean's character is, um, you know, I I guess you win this one. I was like, man, this felt to me almost like the, the thing that people didn't like about the rebels, Darth Maul, Obi-Wan standoff that the, the real fight was them standing, stared at each other and changing their positions, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then when the real fight happened, it was quick. It was nothing, but there's, there's this big fight going on in there and out here, there's another fight and it's a stare down based on the, the, I don't know, feel the vibe of their surroundings. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really cool. The way they did that it was like two really like different types of fights standoffs. Yeah. Yeah, that was smart. That that that's what felt Nolan-y to me, though. Like the tense, the tension going on here, and then it flashed to the other thing, and you're just about to find out what's about to happen there, and they go back to that thing, and the that pair commenting on that fight, and like that back and forth was very uh, familiar with uh, Nolan's style to me. But I did like that part too when he hears the her Beskar uh, mm-hmm. staff drop hit the ground. Like, yeah. Oh no. Yeah. We do have some super chats. Do we want to go through them? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And thank you again to everybody. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Snoke's missing hairpiece. And he's got an image uh, with the Snoke. With <laughs> yeah. Hairpiece. Not related to Mando, but have you guys listened to the solo deluxe edition? Um, yeah, I have. Yeah. I I have Spotify. So I was able to listen to it through there. John Powell's the man. And uh, he wants more yes. solo too. So uh smash uh ash smash right uh james the music at the end of the episode comments please i'm trying to place it i feel like it's the ahsoka theme right the dun, 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 dun. yeah right which um is dang man you know it's weird i'm hearing it there's also another time that that's used really heavily and i can't think of it is it um is it when she leaves? No, it's the end of Rebels. Ah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love you're finding yourself. You're like, is it? Yeah, I am. No, I am wait. because ah! because that yeah, it feels like it feels like Smash here is, is saying, you know, w- what's your comment on it? I'm like, okay, so there's more. It's more than just that, but I'm trying to piece together what is that what does that theme mean to me and I'm I'm actually you're right, finding it. And it is, it's, it's the end of rebels. It's the end of season two. It's after she fights Vader and they're recapping, they're going through the, the ghost and they're showing everybody's different positions and stuff. And Kanan having lost his sight and everything. Oh man, that is, you're right. To- totally taking me back. It just, sometimes you just need the click, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Brian Payne. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Ahsoka could still be the Jedi that is drawn to t- uh, the Jedi temple when Grogu chooses his path. That's possible. True. Yeah. yeah. The, the re-return. We've seen that happen a lot in Star Wars. Caleb Pausch. Uh, not sure how I feel about the name Grogu. It makes me think of Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones. Uh, it was really great to see laser swords again, though. Yeah, absolutely. That's our third laser uh, when sword. I hear the name, Wars, I <laughs> when I hear the name, I think I'm going to have a hard time not wanting to call him Super Saiyan Grogu. What is no that? No one? Super Let Saiyan Goku. Goku. 
Goku, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that Dragon Ball? Yeah. It is well, a Dragon Ball reference, yes. Probably the number one most famous anime character probably of all time. <laughs> Goku. Goku, oh. yeah. Goku. Uh, all right, never mind. Are, we, are we through those? Gro- uh, Grogu. Yes, we are. All right, so why don't we guess then? Do you guys, like, who is the Jedi uh, that uh, is going to go when uh, Grogu is sitting on the uh, seeing stone? So, Yoshi, you have any guesses Yoshi, yeah. of who you think, uh, just for fun? Full disclosure, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> you guys brought it up. <laughs> oh, somebody's going to do it. Okay, cool. I guess we'll see. Like, I didn't even yeah. think about, like, oh, crap. It, it could, it could <laughs> be a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, so, ah. Uh, I oh man, that's a tough one. I, I don't know. That's... You want me to come back to you? So, I, th- I think I think I'd rather just. Uh, all right, you're gonna have to come back to me. I gotta think about that one for a minute. Or or you can pass. You won't be judged if you I'm pass. pass. I don't I don't want to guess. I don't... Okay. Because so I, you... I thought I had an idea, but then it, it it didn't make sense because I'm like, well, no, she didn't know about him, so that doesn't make sense. And all right. uh, so, so you know she thinks it's going to be Luke Skywalker. We'll jot that down. I did not say um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, who who uh, who's who's it going to be? Nobody. I think Nobody? that's part of the journey. Yeah, I think that's part of the journey. My speculation like a Ray, is that show me your parents type thing. Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, like I think they're gonna get there, and it, it's going to be <laughs> he, he has the opportunity to choose. And you know, Ahsoka said no, but it's still up to him. And I think he's going to choose that he doesn't want to go down that path. All right, and then that that leads to a reason as to why they're staying together, and the show can continue. Um, if he goes down the path, and other Jedi show up, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll train him," then that ends the show in theory. So I, I, I don't know. And I think people are uh, wanting to point to like Ezra's and Luke's and other things like that. And my right, gut right, just says, naturally. I don't yeah. think that stuff's happening. I think that's yeah. fun to, to think about and speculate, but the story is the story. And oftentimes subverting the expectation of who do you think is going to show up and nobody shows up. I, yeah, you're right. And, uh, uh, Lacey, that it's like the Ray thing. Like who are my parents? Mm-hmm. She sees herself and you're like, it's, that's not what I expected, but it's it's the story. It's what it is. Right. Yeah. Simplified. Danny agrees with you. She says nobody it will be Din Djarin. Um. Uh. Lacey, who uh, is is anyone showing up? Or are you agreeing with James here and Simplified Danny? I know the popular choices are Luke Skywalker, Ezra, and Kenobi. Kenobi. Um. Yeah. Really? I guess my question is whether he's going to see his past, like who saved him, or he's going to see who he needs to like. Because they always say that the force shows you what you need to see, not what you want to see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like <laughs> the mirror in Harry Potter, <laughs> where it's like not what he <laughs> what he wants, yeah. not what he needs, whatever. The mirror, the mirror, or like that bird bath thing that he sticks his face in. No, the mirror from Sorcerer's Stone, the first one, where he sees his parents. Oh yes, yes. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be a really cool thing to put a Yoda in there, like bring back the puppet that they made for Last Jedi. Like, I, I'd want to see that. So I'm going to say Yoda. On a Force Ghost Yoda? Yeah, just explaining the situation. That'd be funny if Yoda shows up and he's like, mm. um, so funny story. I told Luke 
he would be the last Jedi, but that was just to motivate him <laughs> to go get the job done. How's it going? We look alike. You're good looking. Yeah. I'm good looking. Mm-hmm. I-, I think the seeing stone is going to come to life and tell Mando and Grogu that he has to go to another planet, to another seeing stone. And uh, that would be right on par with how the Mandalorian show operates. It's just like, right. oh, you're here now. That's what I can't help you. No, I think if it's going to be someone, I agree, Lacey. It'll, I, I like the idea of Force Ghost Yoda because if they're going to do someone, they're going to go big. Um, otherwise, uh, I think James is convincing me here and Danny from her comment that it would be no one because it logically makes sense to keep the sh- keep them together to keep uh, the show going. Or they get there and something disrupts it and they have to come back at the very end of the series and he brings them there. Mm, or yeah. they don't get there. There's a lot of variables, but I agree that something it's not going to happen. This isn't going to go the way you uh, you think, like the Luke Skywalker line. Right. Um, the, the other one too, the, the Ezra thing, I, I find that very conflicting considering... Ahsoka is still clearly looking for Thrawn. And the last time we saw Thrawn, Thrawn was with Ezra. So yeah, I, I feel I like I Ezra might good. still be missing around here. So I don't know why he and would be the one to answer this call. Like what was, what has he been doing? We need to find Ezra so people can stop wondering and, and speculating Where that, is every, Ezra? that every reveal is going to be Ezra. <laughs> Remember Great when character. DJ was Ezra for the last Jedi? Like every, here's oh, an yeah. interesting every character to be D, uh, Ezra. Uh, could it be Cal Kestis? Uh, I, I mean, that's a that's a good. I don't think so, but I think that's a good. I guess. think he's dead by this point. <laughs> <Ba-dum-bum>. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I Yoshi, mean, Yoshi, I don't know. When, when we first Yoshi, see him, this is the beginning of of Vader's reign. You know reign, what I mean? Yeah. He barely survived him then, and and he was like. I don't know, in a very different position than than this baby. Don't this forget, baby never making, really became a Jedi. He sort of was, you know. And they're making Fallen Order too, and they don't want to yeah. tell you where he's going to be now versus then. Right. Yoshi, did you, you play Fallen Order? I know you're trying to get me to play Battlefront with you, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, one of my friends worked on it. Um, ironically, a guy I sat next to um, working on Black Ops 3, he, he's the one that made a BD-1 and the Cal... Uh, lightsaber that's that's kind of oh nice yeah he, cool. he's, he's like, I don't know that's why you saw me sharing it. I'm like everybody go vote for this one it's my friends oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. nice so yeah, I had you have to uh, 3D model and that's what they used to print it I guess and I'm like that's cool I still have to open it and play it I have to try it out um, he dies at the yeah. end actually no, he dies at the end um, <laughs> all right a- anything else from this episode you want to you want to throw in again you know. I feel like I pointed out things I didn't like, but hopefully I balanced it out with things I did like. I I do think Filoni's growing as a director. I do I did like Ahsoka. At the same time, I didn't feel like she needed to be in it. Um, I I hope the focus still remains on Mando and the Child, and because I feel like that's the heart of the show, those are always the moments that are the peaks for me. So when I was saying earlier, this show had a lot of peaks that gave me the eight point five. It's always those two and i really feel like they put they raised the stakes in terms of me caring about their pairing and their clan of two and uh i i felt wor- like more worried about them at the end and, and i cared i was more vested in their relationship so that's where i'm leaving uh this episode Lacey, do you have any final thoughts or other things we didn't bring up that you want to toss out there not really i, I want to go watch it again um I really, really, yeah, I really, really liked this episode and I'm interested to see where it goes and if it means Ahsoka's getting her her own series or 
if we'll see her again or, you know, it kind of leaves it open. But I understand people's feedback of like, okay, where does it go from here if she he's just been turned away again? But I think the point is basically what we were just kind of discussing of he doesn't need to be trained type thing. And I think that's what they're going to lean towards. Right on. James? I feel like we are wrapping up, but we we haven't yet touched on her mentioning Thrawn. I, know, I don't know if like that's... The... Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be... Like you say, John, you think that might be... This episode might be springboarding her own show. That's a setup for the plot of the show, maybe. Um, if not, then it feels that that this episode doesn't hold weight within its own series because it was really just it was like the first episode of the Ahsoka show that is not announced. Um, or does this, does this hold weight that this is where the show is going? Because uh, when Bo-Katan said, you need to go find the Jedi Ahsoka Tano, um, we knew that meant that character is showing up later. You know, it was, a, yeah. it was a guarantee, you know? So Ahsoka saying, the the whole point of Ahsoka's mission in this episode is to get to the information that that's, this person has, which is the location of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who is controlling things to some degree um, from the shadows, and she's trying to get to the bottom of it and to stop him. And we are barely talking about it, but I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it means either. Does, is that where the show is going or is that where nothing is going? And that's just another, well, this is what she was doing at the time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't think Thrawn's going to be in the Mandalorian. That's just my guess, but who I don't knows? think so either. Uh, uh, um, Yoshi, why don't we get uh, your uh, final thoughts on this episode? Is there anything we, that we didn't bring up yet? Uh. Just one thing, really, but uh, I, I wanted to actually touch on what you said about, you know, you guys. I kind of agree with Ahsoka saying when you say not necessary in the episode, it's like, yeah, it could have been really any Jedi, you know, in interchangeable. But I think that's where it should have been her, because if it was any other Jedi, you know, fans would might say, like, well, why wasn't it Ahsoka? She could have fit in perfectly. That's true. And, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it works in the sense that I feel like if someone, let's say someone is getting into Star Wars for the first time, this is the only show they've seen. I don't think they're going to be like oh, Ahsoka. You know, they're not going to have any idea who, they, no. who this is. But I think in that context, she serves a well enough purpose that they're going to be like, oh, this is the character that's supposed to lead the main character along this path. And to someone who doesn't know Star Wars, they might be okay never seeing this character again. You know, correct? It's just my oh. So um, the other thing you guys didn't bring up um, that I wanted to ask was how you felt about the name because I seriously, like you said, I didn't expect to hear it. But when I, 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 when I thought about it, I totally thought it was going to be something like Yiddy or, or something like that. You know? <laughs> sure. And then like, oh, Yiddy, like something like that. You know, I didn't, when I say Grogu, I was like, oh, okay. So it's just those two that had the Y names, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I like uh, it. I, I like it too. Um, I, I, I'm not like, those things in Star Wars don't matter to me. So they could have said anything and I would have been like, that's his name. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, as long as it wasn't like barf or you know something like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I liked actually liked that they didn't do the why thing because that I would just be that he, if he doesn't 
no like and well now we know he did know yoda but like every one of that species has a y like what if there's five billion of them how many y names are there that's ridiculous so um i was expecting a y though yoshi i agree with you but uh i did not I, i'm kind of glad that they didn't but i, I know i kind of like the name so, james you're you're a little uncertain about it right no no i i like the oh, name like- i was oh, okay i just i recognize because because of goku that it sounds kind of like goku um but when i heard the name i think you're exactly i think what we're all agreeing here is that like sometimes when we watch these shows we we don't have the expectation and we're just kind of like presented with oh okay that's it that's the way we're going that's what it is um and when it when it when it was said to me i really felt the exact same as what the mandalorian felt like i felt like i've been on the journey with this person and i don't know who this person's name and it just got mentioned so casually that it felt like i i wanted to be like hold on wait what go back you just you just said its name i i wasn't i wasn't asking for its name i wasn't to know i didn't want to know its name it just happened the moment happened and it felt right because it wasn't forced yeah they didn't i i know they know they were like oh crap now we got this whole name thing how's this gonna go and i i don't doubt if there becomes like some social media reaction to it like i don't like it i'm still gonna call him baby yoda if that happens that happens but i mean to me the name landed just fine star wars fans not liking characters names no way that's impossible. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all right. Chibi gone 89. Danny, thank you so much, Danny. Um, where do you think we are in the timeline? I thought it would be the end of Rebels, but Ahsoka didn't have the white robe and the staff. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Mando's supposed to be nine years after Return of the Jedi. I'm not no. positive on. Yes. Nine years, nine BBY, nine ABY. And this, that's nine years after Battle of Yavin. Yavin. Oh, so five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm not sure where when the epilogue took place. I tried to find out the epilogue for Rebels. I'm not sure when that took place. Yeah, we I was under the impression that it was five ABY, but we one of our patrons pointed out that on w- Wikipedia it says um five, so which would be like around the Battle of Jakku was when the Rebels episode happened. I don't know. It yeah, it's kind of confusing. I don't know exactly. Yeah. yeah, Louise Owls brings up a good point. There's adorable moments in the show. Uh, the important thing is how happy the child felt when Din said his name. He would do that sort of like... Eh. That yes. noise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he turned quickly when he was addressed. Very. Yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah, I like that. Um, and that's good direction on Dave Filoni, going back to that. Yeah. Well, good acting, too, by uh, Grogu. You have to give him credit for acting. There. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I guess that pretty much covers most of what we had to talk about. I know we could probably spend another hour doing this thing, but uh, we are up on a, a buck fifteen here. Um, so let me hop back to the show notes. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a, a really good episode. Obviously, it led to a lot of conversation. Uh, I had a great time talking about it. Um, Yoshi, before uh, we hop out of here, is there anything... Um, you want to plug in terms of your work or your website or anything going on that you'd like to, or your social medias, anything uh, you want to throw out there for everyone to uh, catch up on? Um, not really. If you want to hear me rant about random stuff, that's not always Star Wars. <laughs> you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Vu Yoshi. 
but uh, I do post art on there sometimes. Or you can follow me on Instagram on my art page at Art, all one word. That's pretty right. much it. Uh, oh, I just joined a new studio. I will be working on a, an MMO game. I don't know if I can say yeah, what it is. Yet. Yeah, just to say it for right yeah. now, but I might later. <laughs> right on, man. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. All right. So we want to thank everyone for listening and watching and uh, being a part of what we're doing over here. Uh, make sure you're heading to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your news. We also have a review of this episode, written review up there by Miguel. He did a great job on that. Uh, you'll see us on the Resistance broadcast on Monday and, of course, Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed to us everywhere, whether that's audio or right here on the YouTube channel. Um, and audio is obviously Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all your uh, po- uh, podcast apps. I want to say a special thank you to our Patreon officers. Uh, without your support, uh, we wouldn't be able to do the Mando Fan Show, bottom line. So we want to thank you all for your support, especially a special shout out to our generals. And again, that is patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you want to support us, tiers start at two bucks a month. We appreciate it. Uh, but our generals, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gellner, and Paul Olson. Thank you all so much for your support. It really means so much to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, next Friday, December 4th, December. Wow. Uh, we will be joined by <laughs> Jeff Lowe from Lights Camp Barstool to discuss Chapter 14. We are very excited to have Jeff come back. He was on the Mando Fan Show last year with us, so that should be uh, a good time. And uh, speaking of a good time, Yoshi, uh, thank you so much again for coming on and hanging out with us and nerding out about Star Wars and the Mandalorian. And uh, we we really appreciate you coming back. And you'll have to come back on the regular podcast again to nerd out about just stuff in general. Absolutely. Anytime. Let me know. I'm uh, in quarantine. It's like a thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we'll hit you up and have you back uh, after the holidays and uh, and uh, nerd out some more on Star Wars. But uh, James and Lacey, anything you want to say to the folks before we get out of here? Thanks for everything. You guys are awesome. Yeah. All right. Ahsoka. Oh, and now I'm Lacey Groguren. You're welcome. Did you seriously change it? I'm going to change it on Monday. I don't like to post spoilers before Monday. I'm nice. All right. I'm going to change mine to Ho Ho Hoey for. Uh... No, Grogu Ren. Get it? No. no, oh yeah, I get it. Because of Grogu. You can't do holiday ones because you make fun of everybody that does the does a holiday one. That is true. That is true. Um, all right. So from James, Lacey, and myself, thanks for watching, listening, and we'll see you next Friday on the Mando fan show. See you around, kids.